What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Post Game, and it was after a sweet, sweet win, Ethan. I know things got a little testy at the end there, but honestly, I was just waiting for it to come, like for it to just get like to a point where you got a little bit nervous, just because they're so young. Like it, it really didn't surprise me when they were up thirty. Like the broadcasters were kind of mentioning it. I had confidence they pulled it out, which they ended up doing. Um, but yeah, Ethan, just just tell me your thoughts on the Spurs' big win tonight. Until the last, like, seven minutes, that was a perfect game, in my opinion. That last seven minutes, like you said, that was rough. Minnesota mm-hmm. finally decided to go on a run. And I don't know why they waited so long to start pressuring our guys because that was obviously the recipe for success for Indiana. But evidently, they just didn't think of it. They didn't watch the game film. But whatever. That first three quarters, three and a half quarters mm-hmm. was fantastic. It was fluid basketball. It was pace. It was great defense. Everybody, top to bottom, playing the passing lanes, swarming rebounds. You couldn't have asked for a better night, Jude. And everybody was shooting well as well. You don't get that very often. Except for the free throw line, sorry. Except for the free throw line. No, you're good. You're good. No, you know, we kind of talked about it yesterday uh, in the SSPN Live. Y'all should go check that out. We recapped a doubleheader where the Spurs went 2-0 against the Sixers and the Pacers. Um, But one of the things we were talking about was kind of the switchability uh, of defense. and, it, you know, I could sit here and explain all the things that we did well, but there's one way to put it. And it's just that now we have a competent NBA, like modern NBA lineup. That's just, I, I really feel like that's the bottom line. And that really starts with Jeremy Sohan tonight, I feel like. Obviously, you want to give Devin and Keldon their roses and everybody else who's doing good things as well. Jay Rich had a poster tonight on a putback. I mean, there were there were a lot of good stuff that we saw tonight, but I feel like it all stems from the fact that we're just it's like we have optimal builds and talent at each position. One hundred percent. Jeremy Sohan, when he was on the floor, it was so evident that like his defense was so great on Carl Anthony Towns. And who was the other guy? He also played defense on J- Jaden McDaniels or Jalen McDaniels. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it is, but he was just playing phenomenal. I know I know Cat had 27 points, but it was nine for 17. And Sohan was just a pest on everybody. Great switching, great communication across the board. Jakob Pertl as well. I, I mean, I really don't have a negative Jude defensively. Like, we played phenomenal. Yeah, I wish, you know, like the only negative that I feel like I can take away from this game is that it's still just game four. And, you know, kind of like we talked in that live yesterday, you know, we're going to wait until teams get game plans on us. I'm sure Minnesota came into this one thinking it was going to be an easy win. It'll be interesting to see how they respond on Wednesday. Um, But still, you don't want to just just because of that, you still don't want to take away uh, from all of the aggressiveness. And, and all of the good things that we saw from our guys tonight, just looking at the box score a little bit here, you know, and I loved it kind of with Devin and Keldon because you may look at their field goals and be like, oh, that wasn't the greatest percentage or the most efficient night. But in the context of this game, they needed to keep attacking. And I thought both of them, even though Keldon specifically didn't have his best shooting night, there were so many of his shots that like, especially threes, he went one for six from three that just like rimmed in and out just like it was like there was almost a little too much weight room on his shots it wasn't that it was in the bad spot or that the rotation was bad it was just mm-hmm. you know Keldon's got a big body um no. right. <laughs> anyways but I think you you get what I'm saying like it wasn't like his form was bad or anything like that sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles to take a line from a 
before we were on here, you were mm. talking about a line from the from the Hangover, and that's a line from Bruce Almighty. So there's another mm. movie reference. Great um, quotes, great quotes. But even though eight for twenty two and eight for twenty. Like if you watch that game, their aggressiveness opened up so much more offensively. Uh, Primo, I loved how he had no hesitation pulling up from three. You could tell that they just didn't even like so many of these guys. They were just like, these guys aren't going to do anything, but they have skills. And the Spurs were really able to take advantage tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest standout once again is Jeremy Sohan for sure tonight. Dude, he was catching lobs. He caught three lobs in this game. Like it was so fun. <laughs> incredible that I didn't know he could I knew he was athletic, but I didn't know he mm-hmm. could jump that high. Like two of those lobs, I was like, oh, that's a horrible pass. Like that's, uh-huh. that's way too high. And he went up and he got it. Lob City 2.0 with Jeremy Sohan, Trey Jones. Uh it's happening, dude. It's official. It's it's a thing. <laughs> but I'm with you. Well, I was gonna say Minnesota clearly just did not read the scouting report at all. <laughs> because like I remember one instance in particular, they literally double teamed Jeremy Sohan in a corner three and gave up a wide open Devin Vassell three in the, in the, on the wing. Mm-hmm. It was like, you, you don't do that. You let Sohan shoot it. Like he's not a great three point shooter right now. And you, you stay with Devin. You don't double off of Devin from the three point line. They just, they did. They clearly did not know our personnel and how we like to attack. But when we keep our foot on the pedal, like we did for those first three quarters, I don't think I've seen the team play this fast and this aggressively before, especially the Spurs. Cause we're usually mm-hmm. the, you know, the half court killers. Like we slowly and methodically like take you apart. And over the past couple of years, we've really been like emphasizing pace, pace, mm-hmm. pace. But with guys like DeMar and DeJounte, like, yeah, pace, but at the same time, we're going to slow it down and let them go to work. It doesn't feel like that anymore. It feels like, there's not really – I know Devin and Kelvin are the go-to scorers, obviously, but they're not ISOing as much as DJ and DeMar were. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's much more back right. to Spurs basketball, fluid motion, everybody touching the rock, you know, giving up an open shot for an even more open shot. And again, I know we've talked about Sohan defensively, but he's kind of like – he and Jakob are those two guys offensively too, and Trey Jones – like the way they're able to kind of like hockey assists, skip passes, they understand yes. where everybody is. Like that is one of the so... latest L threes was a mm-hmm. hockey assist from old boy Sohan. They just understand how to play basketball and they understand mm-hmm. each other. And they've, I know this is only four games in and I'm really hyped right now, Jude, like my heart's yeah. still beating so hard, but like <laughs> it, it feels like they have caught on to each other and this system a lot quicker than everybody else was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I think tonight um, you still want to keep the asterisk that it's the fourth game in the season. Yes. But this, yes. Like watching this, this game tonight made me be like, okay, th- this is why Devin was saying we hoop in this year on yeah. the Instagram live. Like this is the type of stuff that they're capable of. I really think that this is going to get slowed down. Like we talked about yesterday in, in the SSPN live, just you know, eventually teams are going to get a game plan. They're going to get a full scouting report on this brand new team. And, you know, just like we've seen in year past, years past and multiple different examples, um, eventually, you know, there will be some struggles that they'll hit. And that goes to our man comment. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name, but I'm going to read it. <laughs> it's a young squad. So it's expected that at some point of the season, they will hit a wall. And I 100%. think that's a key point. But still, I think that this is a uh, this is a testament to just 
the talent on this team um, and kind of what we talked about yesterday. Also just Keldon and Devin, like consistently in these roles, they're going to be scoring close to 20 points, even when they have bad games like tonight, they, I still thought both of them played good games, but mm-hmm. if you want to look at them shooting, they didn't have great games and they still Devin had 23 and Keldon had 20 or excuse me, 18 close to 20. Right. Yeah. So when those dudes are doing that, like night in and night out, which I think they have the ability to do, you know, you can't sleep on the Spurs. Like, and when I say that, that is not me saying that the Spurs are going to make any noise or anything in contention this year. That's just me saying that the Spurs aren't going to be a layup for every team every night if they don't come to play like Minnesota didn't, you know, for the majority of the first half. And I, and that's why probably Minnesota will win on Wednesday. But even if they don't, it'll even if the Spurs pull it out, it will very likely be a much more competitive game. I do think that Minnesota will come out and stomp us on Wednesday. I'm just going to come out and say it. Like, I think they're going to really come full throttle and they're not, we're not going to have a chance. I mean, Mm -hmm. it might be like, we'll make a run in the third quarter or something and get it close again, but they're going to win the game. And I think it all comes down to, we're still young. And in that Mm -hmm. fourth quarter, it's clear that we are young and we don't have that superstar yet. Um, and so they were able to make from a 32 point game and whittled it down all the way to what a, a nine point game at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's you can't let that happen. You can't right. let 32 become nine in one quarter. Mm-hmm. Like that's just our age, just our inexperience, and that's what's going to come back to bite us in the butt, and and why we will eventually come down back to earth. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. So we got a lot of comments here um, that I want to get to. Um, to trying to scroll back up here. So the first one is from our man, Go Spurs Go. I thought we were tanking, right? I, that's that's kind of how we're all feeling after this one. Um, so three and one, uh, that's another comment in there. Um, we got our girl, Laura Latin, in here saying, Go Spurs Go. What's up? Thank you for being in here, Laura. Um, let's see what else we got here. I missed this one earlier. So another one from our man, Linmer. I'm going to go with that. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Uh, We have the best coaching staff. They know that we have 17 players on the roster, and primarily you need to focus uh, their development environment. Yes, I would agree. Definitely this this Mm -hmm. season is on development. Faux show. You got Brett. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Brown basically just being a development coach, that's yeah. pretty it's crazy. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned him. I'm going to get to our man Demon Guard's comment here in a second. Um, But on the broadcast, on the Minnesota broadcast specifically, that's what I was watching tonight. They were talking about how they talked with Sean Elliott before the Mm -hmm. game. And this is very interesting. I don't want to dig too much into this because this is just a random offhand comment that, you know, this announcer said. But he said that Brett Brown specifically, his reinvigorated pop, and that like, mm. and Pop is fully invested in this young team. This is what Sean Elliott told the Minnesota broadcaster. This is what he said on air. And he said that he might be around the league for a little bit longer is basically what he was wow. saying. So, I mean, mm. if they're catching on like this and Pop really believes in them like that, once again, this is not me saying the Spurs are even going to make the playoffs <laughs> this year. But like, I'm just saying that Pop might see something in this group like, wow, they have a little bit more than I even thought and 
this may keep me around for, you know, another five years or so. You know what? I'm. It sounds crazy. And I know that we, you can call us, you know, hypocrites, whatever, because you can go back to the beginning of the year on our prediction video. We're literally both me and Ethan yeah. open up saying it's going to be pops last season. But I also wasn't expecting to hear that, you know, watching mm-hmm. the Timberwolves broadcast tonight. So crazy stuff there. And <laughs> go Spurs go hearing all the booze from the T-Wolves fan, oh. fans, making it worth it. Oh, oh it does make it worth it. It does the, make it worth it though. For the sure. Philly fans too. I just want to keep, I want to hear the opposing team's boos. Like they were they're so mad. Spurs. That's I so know. fun. They're like, when Primo hit the two in their face and they were booing them, you oh. know, it's like, they're not even booing you. They're booing their own team. And it's because they don't know who they are. It's, it's like the so TikTok are funny. About. Yes. I love it. And, and, and what made it even more sweet, I don't have anything against Rudy Gobert. I, uh-huh. I kind of like Rudy Gobert, but Carl Anthony Towns is the biggest crier in the NBA. Somebody I think else they, said that in the comments. Statistically, they should oh, track yeah. like which players complain the most. I feel like he's got to be number one. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he he's just always mad. And like for someone that's 6'11", 240, like you and you're you're getting deed up by by Zach Collins and Jeremy Sohan. Like you've there's no way that you're getting abused. Like you should be inflicting the pain, not the other way around. I have no sympathy for Carl Anthony Towns. He just gets on my nerves, and I'm so happy. Able, <laughs> I'd give him revenge, man. Oh yes, he gave us where he's cheesing oh. Keldon playing the anyways. And now, like Roby did a good job against him. Sohan did a good job against him. But I also want to talk about what our man Tanner says: Russell ripping deep threes, no hesitation. This hashtag good. He was doing that in the mid range too. The way he's coming off the dribble this year, the confidence he has, it looks different. His ball handling specifically looks different, and he's nope. playing with a ton of confidence. And like I said, it just it once again goes back to the thing where it's like basically in hindsight, it really looks like the Spurs said, let's go with Keldon and Devin instead of Mm -hmm. Derek and DeJounte. Look back at our our two years ago and our last year videos about Devin Vassell. We both thought that his body language looked a little too timid and we kept telling him, you need to get aggressive. Mm -hmm. These past four games, he has been nothing but aggressive, confident and talking trash. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. saw at the free throw line. He was like. Talking to Sohan and Gorgie, and he was like, he's like, like looked like pointing at Cat, and he was like, he can't, he can't guard us, and like he dropped the F word like a couple times, and I the bench it. is like laughing and clapping, like that's the kind of energy I I need out of this team, like we need that, we're feeding off of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> our man King Jay says. So the Victor train is over. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Um, but I just think that, you know, the Spurs might be a little bit better than we thought also, but yeah. all of this, once again, really, we got to wait until mid season when the teams get game plans. Cause I could see us doing this, you know, early in the season on, on a couple teams. And then when they realize, okay, we, we can't just like feel like we're going to roll over these guys, then it'll, you know, you'll start to see a little bit more struggles. So that kind of goes in with the lottery odds too. I mean, because if you're just in that top five area or the bottom five area, you know, you kind of have the same odds as everybody else in the bottom five. Um, so I wouldn't say that necessarily. Um, but what I will say is, is like I kind of opened it up. I think that, granted, it's all four games in, but I think that we have a little bit more talent than we thought. We definitely. I don't know. If yeah. we have, like, like everyone's more developed than than we thought, and right. more together. Right. Like the preseason was 
I guess just we were out there just playing ball. Like there was no scheme because this is a completely different team as far as fluidity, ball movement, and just overall chemistry. Like it, it just looks, looks like they've been playing for an entire year already. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the main reasons why we were like, you know, very hesitant on this team is because they didn't have much experience in the league. Yeah. You know, like, yes, they had skills that looked good and yeah, they even though they'd been in the league, but they had never had those roles. You just never know how that's going to work out, but mm. they look really comfortable and they're playing together. I, what, what Suacho bros just said, Zach, he does look a lot more comfortable these past couple games. He looks a little stronger. I know he's still struggling on boards, but he's aggressive with it. And he's, he's, he's trying to tap balls out pause and he's, he's really fighting for extra possessions and a lot better of a passer than I gave him credit for. This dude is dropping some absolute Dime. Yes, I noticed that too. Out of the post, yeah, yeah. and he Who did knew? box out and out rebound Rudy Gobert tonight. So, and yeah. his face up game is getting more consistent, not just from three, but also from the mid range as well. No hesitation. Um, nobody, nobody. I'm eating my words. Look, right now, I'm eating my words. Him Me saying too. that that he, you know, we were kind of clowning him for saying he was going to look different this year, and he kind of has. Also, shout out to Swacho. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I see the Jonathan Simmons. A uh, profile pick, and I love it. <laughs> Shout out That's to the awesome. Spurs Hall of Famer, Jonathan Simmons. I miss that guy. Jason. He's definitely in the SSPN Hall of Fame, even if he's not in the Spurs Hall of Fame. <laughs> side, yeah. side note. Oh, I mean, I two, two side notes, both of which we don't have to spend a lot of time on. Romeo yeah. Langford had less than a minute and still somehow got a minus two. I think that's <laughs> hilarious. I'm crying. Like I, I, don't, don't, I don't know how what, we'll get <laughs> off of that. Romeo, right. I, that's no shade. I, that doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. And then Doug McDermott went 0 for 3, but I still felt like he had a pretty decent impact when he was in the game mm-hmm. as far as spacing the floor, moving the ball, setting good screens, and just being like a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, it opened up the lane for us. So let's not jump on Doug yet. He was bound to have one of these games, but everyone else just kind of stepped it up across the board. Yeah. I wish like I could say more about this game, Ethan, but I really don't have like too much to say because it was just you know it was such a dominant performance and then they're a young team so they Mm -hmm. let them back and and they've got a lot of offensive firepower and that's kind of what happened at the end there but I kind of wanted to talk about something else so our man Peter Antosius if I'm Mm. pronouncing this right or Antonius there you go Antonius my bad Uh, are we selling Jakob Doug and Jay Rich so the reason I brought this up is because I believe early this morning yeah I sent it to you uh Mm -hmm. Shams dropped an article with The Athletic talking about how specifically the Lakers have interest in Josh Richardson and the Spurs and Lakers have apparently had preliminary talks now I just want to like preface this even though it's Shams and he's reliable sometimes these things can happen we can get these articles and then nothing comes to fruition ever like yeah. did they had preliminary talks and then maybe the spurs are like we really like how we're doing right now and we like how jay rich fits in so we're just going to keep rolling with this i could totally see brian right in the front office doing that but i think that if you do stand, tend to you know maybe be a little bit closer to 500 than you'd like there's no reason when you've got Malachi and Blake Wesley in you know in the basically in the lab right now you know starting G League training camp in Austin you might as well and it's like you said you're not going to contend anyway you might as well at the deadline you know deal some of those guys I think that the Spurs do really want to keep Jakob I would say that Doug and Jay Rich are a little bit more likely to get traded um, 
than than Jakob. But the thing that sucks is I like all three of those guys. Like Me too. I, I I I understand why it's the best decision if you can tra- trade Jay Rich to the Lakers for picks, but or Doug, you know, or both, but or or whoever, you know, you're getting if you get value out of them, why not? But it just sucks because I really like their personalities and I really like their fit and I like how they're not like they're just they're actually it seems like they want to play for the Spurs, which doesn't happen often. Couldn't have said it better myself, but I will say the Lakers fans are ridiculous. I looked at Twitter <laughs> earlier today and they were like, that's fair. We'll give you Russ and one first for Doug, Jay Rich and Jakob. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like you, that's not enough. Not for all three of those guys. Like I need two firsts, and you're getting Jay Rich and Doug. Like not getting all three. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We can probably get two firsts for just Jakob Pertl alone, but yeah. you're gonna make us play Russell Westbrook. Like no, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and that's the the problem with the the Lakers right now because that was the other thing in the article that they were talking or that Shams was talking about was just that like if teams are going to take on rust, they want both of their unprotected first round picks. And that's why the miles Turner buddy healed trade fell apart. So that's kind of where the Lakers are being stubborn on that. But, but back to the Spurs kind of just looking at the outlook uh, for the rest of the week. I know you're going to have the bulls game on Friday. Um, Obviously we'll have the, the Timberwolves rematch on Wednesday, which we both think unfortunately won't go as well as it did tonight. Um, but, But do you think that like, I guess moving forward, do you think that, and I kind of said earlier, I think they can, uh, what are kind of, what's your outlook on the Spurs being able to do this type of performance moving forward uh, to maybe some other teams that haven't played against them before? Do you think that's realistic? Like, what do you think they can continue uh, in regards to tonight? I think that that is, this is going to be a more consistent thing that we see, especially in the first three quarters. The fourth quarter is really where I think things are going to start to change, especially in the second and third times we start seeing these opponents and they start getting a game plan set for us. We're not going to pull out as many victories like this, but I do think we will be a lot more competitive and a lot more difficult to kind of stamp out. Um, that being said, things will settle back down <laughs> and we will yeah. probably still be at the bottom of the West. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. Well, I don't want to cut off this SSPN Live, Ethan, but we are supposed to be getting some weather <laughs> where I'm living right now. And oh. so I can kind of hear it a little bit. Um, and I just don't want the stream to like cut off. And so yeah, I feel gonna, we've done a good 20 minutes here, but um, I still kind of want to wrap up with like some closing thoughts from this game. Um, I know we kind of just talked about it a little bit moving forward, but let's see in the comments here. What are what are some of the other storyline? Oh, Here's here's one that I wanted to get to. I think this is a good way to end it. Does this mean DeJounte was holding us back all these years? I saw another comment there, and I don't think DeJounte was holding them back, but it kind of goes more back to what I said about Kelvin and, and Devin, you know, both having higher ceilings than DeJounte and Derek in kind of their roles. I feel like that's uh, that would probably be the answer to that. Not necessarily he was holding them back, but mm-hmm. the team's overall potential is higher with these two guys running the show. 100%. And I don't think DeJounte was holding us back. I think the rest of the team was not ready to support him. And he was a very, very much of a ISO scorer, you know. Mm-hmm. And so those that combination was just not a winning one. And so now he's gone. We don't really have that guy that's going to be a ball-dominant, you know, player. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devin, Devin is like the most ball-dominant, but I wouldn't say that he's on the same level of dominance as DeJounte was. So mm-hmm. now everyone else is elevated 
and we can move the ball without having to worry about, you know, stopping and watching one guy go one-on-one. So it's just two different teams. I don't think yeah. DJ was at fault. It's just where we were at the time. I think it also goes back to what our man Felix Ayala just said. They're playing the beautiful game. It's what yeah. you said at the beginning. They're playing that pop style. He's really getting to mold these guys. And I think because they're all drafted by the Spurs, you know, with some other exceptions, I, I think it makes it easier for Pop to kind of instill that in these dudes. 1,000%. All righty. Well, we're going to get off here before we unfor- or accidentally get cut off. Um, but, you know, two days in a row. So y'all, if y'all need some more Spurs content, go check out our live yesterday as well. We talked about some big overarching topics. Um, but this was a huge win, and we'll be back with another post game on Wednesday with no weather interrupting. We'll be able to go a little bit longer. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Ethan appreciates y'all. We both appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in to SSPN. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content today. And then also don't forget to follow us on Twitter if you want to watch the show there. Uh, And stay up to date when every new episode is coming out. We post it on there at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. We appreciate y'all, and we'll catch y'all in the next one.